Welcome to the week two waiver wire show we got a lot to talk about a lot to unpack as always i'm going to take my top one or two guys and rank them on my confidence scale of being the best overall pickup the best waiver wire grab for the season why because i can't tell you how much to throw fab wise on your player only you know what kind of fab needs to be dropped to get a guy but the thing i can offer is my confidence level of the player being the best pickup of the year i.e eli mitchell 2021 was a nine and a half out of ten coming out of week one even though i said to draft him he scored a 9.5 and he won leagues for people now will my one two or three or four overall be anywhere near that 9.5 or 10 overall on my confidence level of being the number one out of the year we'll find out the fantasy football show it begins right now this is the fantasy football show with your host Smitty. Take a lap. I think the most important players to look at right now, at least consider as the number one waiver wire ad, are the San Francisco running backs. We're back, yes, heading out of week one, looking at yet another injury to the top running back in San Francisco coming out of week one. As I mentioned last year, number one on this list and ranking 9.5 on the confidence scale, the highest ranking we gave out all year, Mitchell. And it was the correct call. He won leagues for people. Could the San Francisco backup that we name right here at the one spot be the league winner yet again in 2022? Maybe, but the dilemma here is who is the running back to grab in San Francisco to be the lead dog for the next two months because Eli Mitchell is out for at least two months with that MCL injury. Eli Mitchell got hit with a helmet on the outside of the knee and the inside of the knee right here it bent like that it bent outward stretching that mcl and i venture to say that once we hear that the surgery was successful and they went in they're gonna find some meniscus tearing on this side so it bent like that helmet hit here and tore and then pinched that meniscus right there i bet you he has a meniscus tear on top of that that could lead to more recovery time he's had knee issues before he's injury prone two months minimum and if he comes back earlier he's probably getting hurt so jeff wilson's the next man up right not so fast i mean in theory on paper he is the next man up the de facto backup running back to eli mitchell so jeff wilson in theory should be right here right the problem is even if he begins the journey as the next man up in San Francisco, will he retain the job? Will he be here in week three, four, five, six, seven? And you got to ask yourself, do I preemptively go get Ty Davis Price and probably Jordan Mason? Cuff them together. Not always easy if you've got small benches. I get that. That's the dilemma here. But are you better off cuffing Ty Davis Price and Jordan Mason together right here? than grabbing just Jeff Wilson alone. I think so. Now, if you're in a fab situation where you drop fab dollars, this won't be a hard process for you because you can drop fab dollars on both of these guys and scoop them up. If you have a rolling waiver wire draft order, you're gonna be in a dilemma because which one do you grab? I don't really know the answer to that. Nobody does unless the team comes out and says it, and I don't think they will. I don't think Shanahan, Shanahan probably won't tell us until after the game. So you gotta make a call, a judgment call. I think... Jordan Mason has the most upside. So if I'm putting a claim in and I've got a rolling draft order, not a fab dollar situation, I honestly don't put a claim in for Jeff Wilson. I contemplate it because, again, de facto backup, but... 
Just because he's the number two while Mitchell's healthy doesn't mean he doesn't stay change of pace, kind of the most readily available coming off the bench. The running back that initially replaces the starter mid-game isn't always the guy they turn to once they can reset and recalibrate. It's the change of pace back coming in. The team might turn right to Ty Davis-Price. We don't know. They might turn right to Jordan Mason, who looks the best out of all three, in my opinion. We don't know. We got to put them all in this slot as the one pick. We just... We can't not talk about them all three together. But if I have to prioritize, I'm going Jordan Mason with my first claim in the rolling draft order, Ty Davis-Price with my second claim, and I'm kind of throwing Jeff Wilson to the wind. Maybe the owner that grabs Jeff Wilson looks like the true winner. Coming out of waiver wire week two processing, but I don't really care. I care about what happens two, three, four weeks from now. Who's going to give me four or five starts, not who's going to give me one start in week two, then lose the job. And when you can drop the fab dollars, you can grab both Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price. Now, how much do you put on each of them? I don't know the answer to that. I never will give you an answer. Drop $10 out of 50. Drop out of 100. I'm never, ever, ever going to answer that question for you. And I know you're going to ask it. Everybody asks me, how much do I put on so-and-so? Smitty, how much do I put on so-and-so? How would I know? How would I know what your league leans toward? What the league history and tendencies are? What I can tell you with a pretty good amount of confidence is that Jordan Mason does feel like about a 7 out of 10 for being the win a league ad for 2022. Keep in mind that Mitchell ranked at 9.5. So my confidence level isn't extremely high. I'm just telling you that looking at a scale from 1 to 10, I feel pretty good about Mason being the top pickup of the year. Ty Davis Price is probably right there with them. Maybe maybe we put Jordan Mason 7.5 and uh, Ty Davis Price at 7. I know that's confusing because what do you do? Who do you choose? Again, if I've got to pick one and prioritize them over the other and then try and come back in and get the other, I'm going to say Jordan Mason. I'm going to roll the dice a little bit because I like his talent the most. He fits the bill of Shanahan wants to control everything. This kid's young, hungry, will do whatever he says, has nothing to lose, so he's going to follow Shanahan's orders to a T. Jordan Mason, then Ty Davis-Price, and then Jeff Wilson. And I, I don't feel like Wilson really even is above a four or five. I don't think he stays healthy. I don't think he has the talent. In fact, I'm removing him from the confidence list altogether. But as a package, a conversation... It is these three running backs. My pick, the two together, and Jeff Wilson for the conversation that, you know, maybe they announce he's a starter and you've got to have a week two guy. This is the best pickup of week one for right now, going into Tuesday morning. Things could change really quickly. They almost did because Jalen Warren was looking like the pickup of the year because early news reports on early, early, early Monday suggested maybe Jalen Warren could be starting for a significant amount of time because it sounded like there was a re-injury to a severe degree to Najee Harris's Liz Frank injury. So the first report seemed like he was missing a chunk of time. Then this report comes out where Adam Schefter says, test today on Steelers running back Najee Harris foot injury came back negative and there's belief that according to a source he should be good to go Sunday versus the Patriots and I released a video link in the description of why you need to trade Najee Harris right now off of that news off of this gift of a window of opportunity to get out of the situation before it gets worse again because it keeps the, the bad keeps piling on top of the bad this is a lucky circumstance where 
you have an open door to get rid of them. Go watch the video, link in the description. But the point of all of this is that Jalen Warren, off of the first news that Najee may be out an extended period of time, he had a Liz Frank injury, and now he re-injured it. These things take people out for a whole season, sometimes ruin careers. If they're the grade three, he reportedly had a grade one. But re-injuring the grade one, does it turn to a grade two? Will news come out tomorrow or the next day or Thursday or Friday or even Saturday that now he's questionable, now he's not going to play, and then next week we find out, or after the game, that he's getting a second opinion, and before you know it, he's shut down for six to eight weeks. I'm not saying that will happen, I'm saying why take the risk when you can now trade out of him. News is good for him right now. News is positive. So he almost became the number one pickup of the year. And if Najee was out or if Najee ends up being ruled out later in the week or something, this guy goes from like a a six or a seven up to about a nine. Remember, Eli Mitchell was 9.5 last year coming out of week one and he won leagues. My confidence level was through the roof that he was the best pickup of the year last year, Eli Mitchell. If Jalen Warren is injected into the starting lineup, he will be a nine, at least an eight and a half or a nine. He's not a 9.5 because honestly, it's more situation than talent. I do like him. Mitchell was talent and situation. So we got to be careful not to hand out nine and a half and 10 confidence levels like they're candy. But you know, he would be a nine or at least an eight and a half. We'll call him an eight and a half for right now. If he was the de facto starter for the next four to five, six, seven, eight weeks. If he was, if Najee was ruled out for the year, let's say next week or something or later this week, he could easily climbed a nine or nine and a half based on situation mixed with what I think is good talent but you know it wasn't talent we scouted and thought oh my god this guy's gonna be great like Eli Mitchell or in the case of Jordan Mason if Mitchell's out for the year and Jordan Mason's announced the starter he would be a 10 out of 10 the first 10 out of 10 we've ever given because he'd be in the same situation Mitchell was in last year and he'd be in an offense where they're gonna run the ball and run like crazy but for now he remains a seven and a half somewhere around that range jordan mason and ty davis price together cuffed together as my better option than just jeff wilson back to jalen warren i didn't mean to leave him here he's not a nine out of ten let's call him a a five and a half because there's no news right now that Najee is missing time for sure but we got to rank him around five and a half to six because there's still a threat that news unravels a bad direction for Najee. this is one report from Adam Schefter, the new report could be out tomorrow or the next day. So we have to be prepared. And that's why I say, link in the description, trade away Najee right now, right now. So I'm going to put him right around this three, four range until we decide uh, that that we're going to lock that in. I don't know that he's number two. I don't know that he's number three. I don't know that he's number four. I'm working this out real time with you to kind of give you my vibe and in my process. And I think he gives you a more natural reaction and, and kind of tells you how my brain works when I look at a list of, of ad drops and go through how I'm going to decipher who's the top pickup of the year or in the moment, who's the top pickup. Pacheco screams value. Khalil Herbert screams value. Rashad White still screams value. And keep an eye on Fournette. He limped at the end of the game off the field. There's some reports on that. And we got to find out and make sure he's fully healthy. If he looks fully healthy, Rashad White's still a super attractive option. I'm not loving Fournette just because he had a good game. We know he's capable of doing that. Rashad White still has a ton of long-term value, but you got to have patience when you're waiting on a guy like Rashad White. I'm getting DM after DM and and text message on my one-on-one text line. Go to thefantasyfootballshow.com if you want to get on my one-on-one text line. TheFantasyFootballShow.com Get your one-on-one text device But I'm getting message after message from people Saying things like Are you on Fournette now? Do you love Fournette now? Do we drop Rashad White? 
You drop Rashad White if you've got to make a move like this to pick up somebody to win now. But if your intention was to stash and you've got room, be patient with Rashad White. Be patient with Zamir White. Be patient with these guys that have win a league potential. Brian Robinson on IR. Maybe Tyler Algier we leave on waivers for right now because he was deactivated kind of randomly. I don't know what that was about. It talked him up all, all offseason long. But play the patient game with Rashad and Zamir if you can. If you can't, you can't. You can you can monitor them and, and come back and get them later. But to be honest, it's like when I'm looking at this list right here, the guys that, that feel win a league capable are, are definitely Herbert and Pacheco because the offenses are set up for them to do well. Herbert knows his offense. We've seen him deliver before. Monty's definitely uh, a disappointment prone. The offense looks pretty decent. They did against the Niners. Granted, they were playing in a swimming pool that they filled themselves and knew how to navigate. But I do believe if Monty goes down, and that's not the most unrealistic scenario I can think of, Khalil Herbert would be a potential top 8-12 to 12 running back in fantasy football. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, CEH, looks phenomenal. Mahomes looks like he hasn't missed a beat. Granted, it was only week one. It was the Cardinals. But Pacheco, if injected into this offense, would produce. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire looks like the running back looks like they're going to absorb a lot of the Tyreek Hill vacated targets. And the fact that they can actually lean on the run and pass to the running back and run the football and try and keep defenses honest there might actually make Kelsey not see the double teams that I thought he might see. And I'm kind of excited about that for Travis Kelsey, even though I do worry about it's been nine years straight that this guy hasn't missed games. But I mean, I'm not trading him low. If you own him already, you hold him because he's got a lot of value. But if he is going to muster up one more year of not getting injured, playing like a monster, you have to understand it's the running game. The running backs catching passes and running. And I'm talking about Clyde right now. The running back is going to be the glue of the situation not falling apart. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to blow up if he stays healthy. He looks fantastic. He's, he's catching the football. He's such an integral part of the passing game. Point being, if Clyde went down, and Clyde will do good, For as long as he stays healthy and starts, Pacheco will step in and probably give you very similar production. And that makes him, in my opinion, probably as valuable, if not even more, even though I'm ranking him lower because you almost have to go after the production that might help you immediately, right? That's why you're probably putting in claims or ranking guys at one or two that can help you immediately and your your take of stabs are a little bit lower or if maybe you don't think you'll ever need Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price and you want to go for a different home run, you could go for Pacheco. But stand alone because we don't have the divide of, of risk here. You don't know if it's Jordan Mason. You don't know if it's Ty Davis Price. If it was just one of them, I bet you... I wouldn't have ranked them as low as I did on the confidence scale. I would have, because it was one player, ranked them really high. If Jeff Wilson, Ty Davis Price, and Jordan Mason weren't all in the equation and they were one player, I would rank them probably 8 out of 10 on the confidence scale because they're coming in to start for Kyle Shanahan in an offense that's going to run the football a ton. The confidence level gets all divided and broken up because there's three of them. That, I'm just trying to explain why Pacheco is actually ranking higher than this group right here. Even though I love this group, and together, Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price are amazing. And to clarify that point even more, let me link Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price together. Let's say you could pick up both of them guaranteed. They were one and the same. They came as a package. Then I'm ranking this duo probably at 8 out of 10. If you could guarantee me both of them together, together, 8 out of 10 on the confidence level of being the best pickup of the entire season. 8 out of 10. 
and Pacheco is also 8 out of 10. So now you have a situation where Ty Davis Price and Jordan Mason together and Isaiah Pacheco individually rank about the same. 8 out of 10 confidence level of being the best pickup of the entire 2022 season. That's pretty darn good. That means that as of right now, and this could change in week three, injuries open the door. I could like someone less one week based on on volume or what I see on the field. This is fluid, ever-changing, reactive. You don't want your analyst to be, oh, I said this last week and that's what it is. It's reactive. I'm going to react. You need to adjust and adapt. I need to adjust and adapt. As of this moment, September 13, 2022, a Tuesday walking into week two, the Tuesday before week two, Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price together are equal to Pacheco by himself. All three of these guys, the two here combined as one and Pacheco as one standalone are an eight out of 10 confidence level being the best pickup of the year. That leaves Khalil Herbert in the three spot and I'd probably put him probably around like seven right now. I really like him. I think he can be a league winner for you. I just feel like maybe he's a touch behind Pacheco and a touch because of offense and a touch behind Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price cuffed together. There you have it. One, two, three. Now I'm not going to rank everybody on the confidence scale. That is a scale that I use for the one, two or three overall player just to give you a sense of, hey, who's the top out of the year? Maybe we're looking at it. Maybe we're not. Jalen Warren. I don't know if I can put Jalen Warren. We'll put him right here at five for the moment. Looking over this list, there's a lot of good players to pick up. I think Gainwell is a pretty good player to pick up. I'll put him right here for right now. Boston Scott and him are together, but really, to me, it's Gainwell. I think Gainwell would be the guy I grab. Because of my fear of Najee, I'll put Najee's back up. Jalen Warren there and Gainwell right there, and I might move Gainwell. Josh Palmer. I mean, Keenan Allen's out, so Josh Palmer's got to be considered. Maybe we move Gainwell down, or there's a tie here between Josh Palmer and Gainwell for the moment as I'm digesting it all right in front of me. Dotson's pretty pretty intriguing. You could almost put Dotson as a tie for this fifth spot. With Dak Prescott down and quarterbacks uh, busting, Davis Mills, who was on last week's list, needs to be in the top five. We'll put him as a tie right here. Maybe even move him right here at the top of this five, but we'll put him right here. As far as like emergency grab, this guy can win you a league. I, I feel like these are the guys that I've got lined up on the left-hand side. Not that the, the players over here aren't attractive. Like, I still love Eno Benjamin. I'll probably put Eno Benjamin over here uh, just because, you know, honestly, even though he didn't exactly fill that role of Edmonds from last year, it was a bad game script. Everything was out of whack. The entire game was just, like, completely a mess. I think everyone's coming out of week one thinking Eno doesn't have a role like Chase Edmonds had last year, but I think the game script and the, the Chiefs dominating and the Cardinals having to throw, throw, throw made it hard to really realize what his role could be in a, in a regular game script, in a close game. So keep an eye on Eno Benjamin. And if Connor went down, he would jump to number one during any given week if he was the top dog. So he's important to stash. And if starting for the Cardinals moving forward, if, if Connor went down for the year, and that's not an unlikely scenario, Connor's very injury prone. Eno could easily rank nine out of 10 in that scenario. Right now, he's like a, a six or a whatever because he's not he's not in that role yet. But I'm just saying that if we walk into a week 
and Connor goes down, and then going into that week's waiver wire, you're going to see Eno Benjamin be the most you know acquired guy in fantasy football, and he's going to have a confidence level of nine out of ten for me. That's preemptive information. Now I, I have to say that if Malik Willis, if we're talking super flex, is available in your super flex league, he would be like number one or two overall in Superflex. So make sure you understand that and you keep that in mind. So Malik Willis for Superflex, we're going to put him right here for right now, but would rank one, two, or three overall, if not number one. As would Mills, but Mills wouldn't be available in a Superflex. It's really hard to rank these these other guys. I mean, I'll just kind of touch on, likely I'm still monitoring. Curtis Samuel could be a very good uh, wide receiver 3-4 if he continues to stay healthy. Nico Collins, I like a lot if you're if you're looking for a guy that I think came out of week one undervalued and people are going to give up on him. Zay Jones is interesting. Pickens is interesting. Danny Gray for later. Curtis Samuel, again, could end up being pretty good. Rashad White, I still like at the very, very top of this list. I'm not going to put it all in order, but I want to make sure that Rashad White's at the top so people understand that he's a monster and Zamir White as well. They're not in the lineup right now, but if they get in there, they're going to explode. Taysom Hill, I forgot to talk about Taysom Hill as a tight end option. Go get him. I'm going to put him down here, kind of tied with uh, the fifth spot. If you need a tight end, go grab him. Um, in best ball, he is one of my best recommendations for uh, a tight end strategy. You couple him with two other tight ends in best ball. And if you haven't played uh, underdog fantasy, get on over there and get a couple uh, week two contests. Do, do a draft now for week two. Do another draft. Your drafts don't have to end. You can go over and deposit a minimum of 10 bucks, but they'll match up to $100 in your first deposit using pro- promo code SMITTY at uh, Underdog Fantasy. Use the link in the description of this video. Use that link and it'll insert promo code SMITTY. But you have to use promo code SMITTY or the link to get that, that deposit match of $100. So go do that now and, and draft a week two only contest. Your fantasy drafts don't have to stop you know, right now. And if you have your season kind of going down the tank already and don't give up, it's week one. But you want to have some other skin in the game. That's the way to go. Go play underdog fantasy and get that bonus match. And I love doing the props. Like there's certain props on there that feel like they're way off. Like you could do a, a five times multiplier where you take an over, 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 under, over on five different players. Like Mahomes over, you know, two touchdowns. Um, Camara over a touchdown, whatever. And you do five of them and it five times multiplies it. You can make a, a $10 uh, contest pay out 200 bucks so go drop your minimum ten dollars and do a do one ticket where you pick five things to happen it can pay you 200 dollars. it's really fun link in the description underdog fantasy promo code smitty but Taysom hill was one of my favorite best ball recommendations and he's a fantastic really tight end one because he's involved all over the field he's like a little cheat code and, and if he moves to quarterback at some point because i don't trust winston i don't know what happens in your league management software if they take away his tight end eligibility well, you might get a week or two out of that before they rip it away and people start complaining about it because they didn't think of it. They didn't listen to me and, and do that. That that year I promoted picking up Taysom Hill, the year that ESPN ripped away his tight end eligibility. I promoted that before it ever happened. Go get him. Put him on your bench. He's going to get into the quarterback spot and be your tight end as a quarterback. My people did it, and then ESPN ripped it away because everybody, 11 other owners in each league complained because they didn't think of it, and it got removed. So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen if that happens to you, but he's a great grab right now. Still love keeping uh, Brian Robinson on my IR spot. 
Robbie Anderson looks pretty good. Make sure you get Isaiah McKenzie if he's still out there. Uh, Dobbs should pick things up. Everett's a great tight end if you need a tight end. Rex Burkhead looks like he could be a, a decent PPR guy, but I still believe in Damian Pierce. Buy low on Damian Pierce. Julio looks pretty good. Let's put Julio up here. Kind of tied with... Uh, with Curtis Samuel. He'll probably get hurt. He's got paper-thin hamstrings, about as thin as this piece of paper, but until he gets hurt, he's going to be utilized quite a bit. Danny Gray's a good weapon later. We'll put him down here, though. DeAndre Carter. I don't know about Carter. I have Joshua Palmer as the guy that steps up, but Carter could definitely be, like, at the top here. We'll put him, like, right around there. Kenyon Drake, uh, He's okay. We'll put him right around there. Monitor Tyler Algier. I still think he could be something special. Duvernay. I talked about Duvernay. Uh, and then Malik Willis again. In, 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 in redraft, one QB leagues, if you're struggling with your quarterback spot, you might want to grab him and stash him and wait for him to come into the starting lineup because he will do well. But in Superflex, he can win a league. If he's still available, he'd be number one on this list in Superflex. Now, that's it. That's what I got. Now, if I left anybody off that you think is deserving, please comment below. We'll talk about them throughout the week. If anything drastically changes, I will do a reset, refresh video. If not, if it's just a little bit of massaging and bumping around in these names i probably won't do another video this will be the week two video for for waiver wire week two but just know i'll come back and do a, a touch-up version a refresh version if anything crazy happens uh, appreciate you all subscribe if you're new again get on over to the fantasyfootballshow.com for your year-round rankings bold predictions your one-on-one text advice i literally give out one-on-one text advice on a text line and you can get that at thefantasyfootballshow.com with all my rankings and, and bold predictions and all the articles and, and everything. So get on over there, and I'll see you uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm live every single day, Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the channel. That's the news show. And then, of course, at the top of my YouTube channel, on the banner image, you'll see the schedule for everything, the waiver wire, the panic chamber.